Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Let's start with the in case you missed it portion and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so just like last week, we're going to go through all the other sports kind of quickly because we do have a lot of Olympic action to get to as it was the first full week of Olympic action at Beijing. So starting with men's basketball, there was 19 ranked teams that lost this week. So there's a lot to go over. It basically was like March Madness started a little early. So normal basketball powerhouses, number seven, Duke, and number eight, Kansas, both lost on Monday this week. And that just kind of set the tone. The big news from early in the week was number one, Auburn, being upset by Arkansas in overtime. The Hogs, of course, stormed the court after a flashy last basket to beat the number one team by four. Number three, Purdue manhandled number 13, Illinois, 84 to 68. Number 14, Wisconsin beat number 17, Michigan State. Number 24, Yukon solidified their ranking in the top 25, winning over number 18, Marquette. Newly ranked number 22, St. Mary's lost to Santa Clara by five. So that was all Tuesday. So going hard on a Tuesday. Wednesday was more of the unranked teams that made an impression. Oklahoma beat number nine Texas Tech by 15 points, and Texas Tech had just broken into the top 10 this week. Number six, Houston lost to SMU. Number 16, Ohio State lost to Rutgers, and Seton Hall beat number 25, Xavier. Number three, Purdue was not safe from what seems to have been the upset week, losing to unranked Michigan on Wednesday by 24 points. That's a lot. 
Number 25, Xavier did bounce back nicely, beating number 24, UConn, on Friday. And number two, Gonzaga made their argument to be number one this week after beating number 22, St. Mary's. And they will absolutely fall out of the rankings after that double loss week. Number six, Houston also lost twice. The second time being on Saturday to Memphis by 10 in a very low scoring game, 69 to 59. Number 20, Texas lost to number 10, Baylor, after they had beat KU earlier in the week. Number 12, UCLA lost in their rival city to number 21, USC. Rutgers continued to have a good week, beating another ranked team in number 14, Wisconsin. And number 18, Marquette, also lost to Butler to round out the upsets. Moving on to the NBA, we did have some really big news this week. LeBron officially passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points in NBA history in both the regular season and postseason. His total is 44,152 points, passing Kareem by three. Although LeBron did score 26 points, the, loser, the Lakers did lose that game to the Warriors 117 to 115. Running it back to Thursday for this one, James Harden was traded by the Nets to the 76ers in, frankly, just what was a crazy trade that has the Brooklyn team getting Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, not Steph Curry, <laughs> Andre Draymond, and two future first-round picks. This will re reunite him, Harden, with Daryl Morey, who was previously the Rockets GM and is now the president of basketball ops at the 76ers. This was a huge trade because the Nets were on their way to doing extremely well. Remember getting uh, Kyrie Irving back after the whole COVID vaccine debacle. So they were starting to really roll and then Harden is now gone. Since we have the All-Star break this week, let's check in on the standings. In the East, the Heat is winning, leading the Bulls. And last in, first out is the Hawks, first out the Wizards. In the West, the Suns are leading the West. The Warriors currently sitting in second. And last in is the Trailblazers, and first out are the Pelicans. Moving on to the NFL, because frankly, obviously, we have to talk about it. The Rams and QB Matthew Stafford are Super Bowl champs. The Bengals did put up a great fight, though, and even had a 20-13 to lead in the third quarter. But the Rams did what they do best and came back to win 23-20, to with only a minute 25 left in the game. The game was over in the final 46 seconds, however, when QB Joe Burrow was sacked to turn over on downs. Thank goodness this was a good game because, honestly, all the playoff games were so amazing. I kind of thought the Super Bowl would just fall flat, but the game was great. The Super Bowl halftime show was amazing for those of us who are 30. That was our rap childhood, and Cooper Cup was named MVP. Okay, this next part is very close to my heart. So we are going to cover PGA Tour golf. And it was because Scotty Scheffler won the biggest party on grass at the Waste Management Phoenix Open on Sunday. He won in a three-hole playoff against Patty Ice, Patrick Cantlay. And he is another first-time winner on the PGA Tour. Scheffler has been in the running for a title a couple of times and even in a couple of majors. 
and was an integral part to Team USA for the Ryder Cup, but had never won. This seriously could not happen to a nicer guy, y'all. I know him on a personal level. I know his wife. I went to his wedding. Absolutely just an amazing couple, and I am so incredibly happy for him. This will undoubtedly be the first of many. All right, moving on to Olympic sports because we have a lot to cover because they are in full swing. So let's look at the medal count as of Monday night. Sitting with the most golds and the most medals overall is Norway with nine golds and 21 medals total. The U.S. medal count sits at seven golds, six silvers, and three bronze for a total of 16 medals. So let's go over the golds because we finally had some Lindsay Jacob Ellis used to be the headliner for not celebrating too early when she had the gold locked up in Torino in 2006 in border cross and then fell doing a trick on the final jump. She didn't have to do a jump. She just did it to show off and celebrated too early. She did fall and had to get up and got silver. She had not won gold since then. Well, until Beijing. She finally won her gold and changed the narrative around her Olympic career, now to one of persistence, and she became the oldest American to win Olympic gold in border cross until the mixed team relay that she was also on when she and partner Matt Bumgarner, he is age 40, also won gold for the United States. That started the whole rolling of American golds. It was a golden night that night. Nathan Chen also finished his redemption tour for these games, winning gold by 22.55 points. His final score was 332.6. That is the highest score ever recorded, helped along by his five quads. The king of quads finally got his gold medal and was coronated. With that, though, the another big story in the men's figure skating event was reigning two-time Olympic champ Japanese on you messed up one jump in his short program and was out of it from then on literally was in eighth before he even made it to the final um, free skate and then he tried to land the first quad axle and he ended up falling but he needed that to go ahead and even make a play for gold but Nathan Chen won American Chloe Kim successfully defended her gold medal in the women's halfpipe in just her first run. So congratulations to Chloe. She is the highest paid athlete, um, women, woman athlete in these games, and she sure brought it home. A new event brought a surprise gold for the Americans, despite the Chinese being the big-time favorites. This was in mixed aerials. This is when three athletes compete for a country, and they are. this is in skiing. They jump off this jump and get uh, points and a trick score. Chris Lillis came up big for the United States with, ready for what this trick is called, a back double full full double full. So if those of you who don't speak twists, that is five twists and three flips. The other two teammates were Ashley Caldwell and Justin Schonerfield, and they are both dating. So now they have matching golds. How adorable. (laughs) Erin Jackson became a household name when she became the first African-American or black American to win a World Cup event. And sure enough, now she backs that up with Olympic gold. She who needed her friend Brittany Bowe to give her her spot on the Olympic team due to a slip, is now Olympic champion in the 
hundred meters. It has been 28 years since an American won gold in that event. That is long track speed skating. The final gold medal of this week was when the Americans went 1-2 in the women's monobob. Kaylee Humphreys, who used to compete for Canada, and Alana Myers-Taylor were the two American women to take the gold and silver medals in that event. This was the first time that monobob was ever competed in the Olympics, so that rounds out the United States gold so far. Other major storylines I do want to hit on for the U.S., though, is we've lost another goat. Sean White, Sean White, the goat of snowboarding, has officially retired, and this was his last Olympics. He got fourth in the halfpipe and was super emotional after finishing his event. He did so much for the sport. Also sticking with the men's halfpipe competition, there was a huge controversy with the U.S. judge on one of the Japanese gold medalists' score. He, on his second run, was when Hiranu landed the first triple cork ever to be landed in competition, and the United States judge of all of them gave him a super low score. Literally, the announcer, who was American, was losing his mind over it, and it ended up being okay. He still, Hirano still got gold in the end because he ran another run that did just as well, and the American judge didn't mess up, <laughs> but it looked really bad on the United States. The last major storyline for the U.S. was Michaela Schifrin crashed out of the slalom. If you're saying to yourself, well, yeah, thanks, Claire. We covered that already last week. Nope. This was a different race. She has now crashed out twice in these Olympics. She was on the snow for 25 minutes after crashing out and seemed inconsolable. It makes sense because the slalom is her actual preferred event. She is a specialist, which means she's really good at those turns. So slalom and giant slalom are her two favorite races, and those are the two she crashed out of. She did come back to place ninth in the Super G, which is not her specialty, but she competed in that and will be competing in the downhill, the Alpine combined, and potentially the team event coming up. I want to hit on two other major storylines for other countries. And this first one is I would not literally be doing you guys justice <laughs> if I didn't cover it. Because the Russian Olympic Committee figure skater Camilla Valieva is under investigation after failing a doping test on Christmas. That was when the sample was taken. However, she is still allowed to compete on Tuesday in the women's event. The IOC did rule, however, that there would not be a medal ceremony if Valieva is in the top three. How that makes sense, I don't know. She tested positive for trimetazidine or something along those lines at Russian nationals. TMZ, as it's usually called, is used to increase blood flow to the heart, which can make it function better. Chinese swimming star Sun Yang was also banned for this same sub substance. So let's go over why she is still allowed to compete, because I know I've seen like, why was Shikari Richardson, who tested positive for marijuana, not allowed to compete in the Olympics? But here we've got positive doping test and you're allowed to compete. Um, I will say, one, it's Russia. <laughs> so um, so that doesn't super surprise me. But this was the IOC that did rule on this and the actual 
court of arbitration, their reasoning is that she is their main main reason is that she is a minor. So she is a protected person. They have different rules and different regulations on how they must handle a positive drug test for someone who is actually a minor. Also, the timing of the notification is under question. This test that she failed was actually taken on de- on December 25th. Why she is being told now, just now, that she failed is a huge issue. The Norwegian lab does claim that COVID delays have been mentioned, but still, that's a huge, huge flaw. And limited facts are also another reason why the IOC is letting her compete. This is, however, overshadowing the women's event. She is the first woman to land a quad and was helpful with the women with the team gold for Russia as well. Okay, and the other one you probably haven't heard of, but if you did not watch the men's 1,000-meter short track speed skating event, you need to because I truly believe it will be a 30 for 30 one day. And let me tell you why. Because in the semis, two Korean skaters were penalized. That's not super unheard of. There's plenty of penalties. And then there's plenty of people who get advanced because of other penalties. However, both Korean skaters were penalized and both were benefiting Chinese skaters. They then advanced them to the A final. The final was made up of three Chinese skaters and two Hungarian skaters. The Hungarian skaters were the Lu brothers and they are half Chinese anyway. The Hungarian skater older brother Shaolin won the entire race. Oh, but wait, he that was the first individual medal for hung, Hungary in speed skating. He was then penalized Two times, even though the Chinese skater, literally it's caught on camera, the Chinese skater actually yanks back Shaolin's shoulder at the line, and yet the Hungarian skater was was penalized two times during that, that race and had the gold medal stripped away from him. The only positive for the Hungarian older brother was that at least his younger brother was moved into bronze position by his basically disqualification. Hungary did finally win their first Olympic winter gold in the men's 500 meter, however, with the younger brother winning that race. Clearly, there was some home field advantage here. Okay, moving on to what to watch this upcoming week. Just quickly glossing over in the NBA, we have two games on Tuesday and Wednesday starting at 6.30 and 9 o'clock on TNT and ESPN. Then on Thursday, we have the 76ers at the Bucks at 7.30 on TNT. And no games after that because we have the All-Star Game on Sunday, Team LeBron versus Team Kevin Durant at 7 p.m. In NCAA basketball, we have on Tuesday, we've got ranked versus ranked showdown of number 10 Villanova at 8 Providence at 7 p.m. on CBS SN. We also have an SEC showdown of number 4 Kentucky at 16 Tennessee at 8 p.m. on ESPN. We then don't have another one until Wednesday, number seven, Baylor at number 11, Texas Tech at 8 p.m. on ESPN2. And not another one until Saturday, as far as ranked versus ranked goes. Texas Tech has a tough week after Baylor. They go on to play Texas on Saturday at 11.30 a.m. on ABC of all channels. We then have number 25, newly ranked Alabama at number four, Kentucky at noon on CBS. Number 12, Illinois at number 19, Michigan State at 1.30 on Fox. Number 16, Tennessee will play number 23, Arkansas at 3 p.m. And that about rounds it up for the week as far as like ranked versus ranked play goes. Then we'll have obviously a ton of ranked games. You can check those out on the blog.
golf in the world of golf we have the genesis invitational this week that will be in la and tiger woods will make an appearance so be sure to check that out that's at normal times on 3 p.m starting thursday on golf channel and running through the weekend that will be on cbs moving on to olympics because we all know that's why we're here Again, I only talk about finals and what you'll find on the blog are only gold medal events. So on Monday, we have women's aerial final. We will have a American in that first run and second run. That will be at 6 a.m. Then that night, we have women's big air and snowboard runs one through three at 7.30. The women's downhill will run at nine. Michaela Schifrin will use that race to practice for the combined. Do not expect her to do super well in that. Snowboarding men's big air will run one through three at 11 p.m. that night. On Tuesday, we have speed skating, the women and men's team pursuit final. That begins the women's go first at 2.22 a.m. Then we have women's short program for figure skating begins at 4 a.m. If you want to get up early and watch the two men bobsled will finish out this morning as well heats three and four runs three and four will go at 6 15 a.m the men's slalom runs one and two remember that is the two fastest the fastest time of those two runs combined that will begin at 8 15 p.m men's hockey will also be that night usa versus slovenia at 10 10 p.m on wednesday we have the final event in short track. Short track speed skating men's 5,000 meter relay will be at 6.44 a.m. Followed by the women's 1,500 meter at 7.18 a.m. Kristen Santos will be making a run at that. Then that night we will have the women's gold medal hockey game at 10.10 p.m. That will be most likely the United States versus Canada, but that has not been set yet. Also on Wednesday, the women's combined downhill. So just the first run of the downhill that will be at 830. Then they will run the slalom for the women's combined at midnight. Just a super fun event. If you're bored, the women's ski cross final will be Thursday morning at 1.10 a.m. Followed by women's speed skating, the 1,000 meter. That is Brittany Bowe's main event. That will be at 2.30 a.m. The figure skating will round out the morning at 4 a.m. That will be the free skate. We will see if we will even have a medal ceremony for that. Freestyle skiing women's half pipe runs one through three will go at 730. That is Thursday night. Friday early morning, the men's curling bronze medal match will be at 12.05 a.m. Obviously, the United States hopes to be in the gold, but we will see if they even make it to the quarterfinals or the semis or anything like that. Freestyle skiing men's ski cross will be at 1.10 a.m. as well on Friday. Again, super fun. Speed skating men's 1,000 will be at 2.30 the figure skating pairs short program will be at 4.30. The bobsled two women heats one and two. That will start at 6 a.m. and run through 7.30. Then the bobsled four man, which is not competed on the women's side. So just the four man heats one and two will be 7.30 p.m. that night. Followed by the men's half pipe skiing runs one through three at 7.30. We also might see Michaela Schifrin again in the mixed team parallel alpine skiing event at 10.46 p.m. That actually starts at 9 o'clock, but the medal won't go out until 10.46. And then the final day of 
Olympic events will start with the men's gold medal game in curling. That will be at 12.05. Speed skating, the men's mass start, will be at 2.30, and the women's will be at 3. That's super entertaining to watch if you haven't seen it. The pairs free skate will begin at 5 a.m. and there will be crowned a gold medalist after that. Same kind of goes with bobsled. You got the two women heats three and four. So again, those fastest combined scores from all four runs that starts at 6 a.m. And the men's four man will start at 730 p.m. The men's hockey gold medal game will be at 1010 that night. And the final event will be cross-country skiing, the women's 30-kilometer mass start at 12.30 a.m., technically on Sunday morning. The closing ceremonies will then begin at 6 a.m. on NBC. That will replay in primetime at 7 p.m., but the Olympics will officially be over, and we will have to wait until Italy for the next one. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. I know the Olympic stuff gets to be a lot, but I want to keep you guys informed. So if you want more stories or more gold medal events, please check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. And I will see y'all next week. Go Team USA!